Welcome to What's Your Story Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Story. On this pod, I sit down with people of color leaders to understand how they've been able to use their superpowers to make an impact on our world. And I do it one story at a time. For this last episode of season four, I'm going to close it out and do something I did last season where I provided some overall themes or my biggest takeaways from the conversations I had this season. But then I'm going to add something new and I want to do predictions of what I've heard in conversations and how I think we're going to see things change, not only next year, but but into the future. And this episode is obviously the 46th of, of this season, which is which is for me, it's a milestone because it's the most episodes I've had in a season. Um, you know, this being the fourth season of the podcast got into a really good groove with the conversations and talking to a number of great leaders about their story and learning directly from their story. And the other thing is I crossed a milestone of having my hundredth episode earlier this season. Uh, but with these 46, I'm, I'm very quickly approaching 150. Uh, and so just seeing the collection of stories add up, uh, has just been, it's been just been a joy because there's, there's so much richness in these conversations and I don't take it for granted that, that the leaders are willing to share not only their story, but to share their insights, their wisdom, their experiences, their suggestions, and 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 many of the things that they've collected with with all of us, and, it, and it's just been uh, it's it's been a joy to to keep going, and and you know obviously I, I think a lot of you are enjoying the conversations as well because I saw the most downloads that I've had of the podcast this season as as well, uh, and so. You know, there's still a lot to go. I'm 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 not in the the top one percent of podcasts yet. So, you know, if you're listening and you think others would enjoy it, please share. Please, uh, you know, pick your favorite episode and share with someone in your circle that you think could benefit from some of these stories. Uh, and it is always, if you feel like your story is one you'd like to share, reach out to me, uh, either through social media, email, website, uh, all, all those details, uh, because I would be more than happy to sit and learn learn from your story. But let's get into it. Let's let's talk about what are those things that I took away from the conversations this season. And what's interesting is because after every episode, I do kind of my recap or my key three takeaways. And as I was going through those, and so, you know, 45 conversations, three takeaways, that's 135 lessons and 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 insights that people have shared with me. And I had to whittle that down to five. And so what I thought about are what are the five things that were shared with me that kind of made me stop and think differently and things that I still carry with me that I didn't think about previously. So that was the the first piece. The next piece is I really wanted to pick something that hopefully no matter where you are in your journey has value to you uh, and, and can help you get to ultimately further along in your path. And so there were some specific things that that were brought up that I think are insightful. There's some specific things I think are impactful, but it may not be applicable to uh, everyone and, and, and all those across um, the various parts of, of your journey. And so those were kind of my, my two filters. Uh, and I've also tried to capture the episode that it was shared in. So if you actually want to go back and listen to it, if you missed it, uh, definitely go go do that because I'm only going to be able to scratch the surface of some of these uh, insights that were shared with me and, and giving you just kind of the high level takeaway 
versus having the full richness of the story. So, so without that further ado, let's let's get into my five key takeaways from season four of What's Your Story. So the first was shared with me by Missy Toy Oseas in episode eleven, and in our conversation, she shared that many times our greatest obstacle, our greatest challenge will ultimately become our greatest gift. And this is something, the the way she worded it really stood out to me. But as I've sat with it and I've thought more, it's so true. And if you think about where your talents come from, if you think about where you've really been the most, uh, you know, your mama, we made it moments, or you you felt the most rewarded, it's when you've gone through something challenging. It's when you've overcome an obstacle that maybe you felt like you couldn't overcome. It's when you, you know, jumped over that hurdle that was that was very high. And I think we can sometimes see challenges as in our way, as opposed to really seeing them as almost a trampoline into our greatness. And I think just really thinking about how you can actually learn from, how you can grow from, how you can build from obstacles and challenges. It's just a, it's a huge opportunity. Uh, and I really appreciate Missy sharing that, that perspective with me. The, the second point, this came up in a conversation with Natalie Walton in episode 18. And again, it's one that on its face value, it's kind of like, duh. But when you think about it in your journey, it really becomes a tool for how you can make progress, how you can move forward in the right direction. But she shared that it's really important to separate what we view as scary from what is dangerous. And particularly think about this in our career decision-making, because sometimes we associate the two together. And as humans, anything that's dangerous, we're going we're gonna to shy away from, and we're not going to want to, want to uh, face. We're not going to want to go through if it, we feel this dangerous, because our bodies physically, when we feel like we're in danger, will protect us. Uh, it, it's automatic. But I think that separating what could be scary or even what can feel like it has risk associated with it from what is truly dangerous can be really liberating and really realizing that ultimately we're scared for good reason, but it's not dangerous. And the step we're taking or the decision we're making will not actually incur any danger. And, and having that separation truly allows us to take that step forward confidently. It allows us to take that step forward knowing that we're going to have more options. We're going to have more opportunities by doing so. The third one and this was shared by uh, Lindria in Reynolds in episode 26. And she talked about it's important to have a seat at the table, but it's even more important to have a seat at the right table and to make sure you're sitting at the right table and not just being happy with having a seat. And this really spoke to me to having discernment and understanding where you're where you're using your tools, your superpowers, your gifts. And is the table you're sitting at one that allows you to do that authentically? And more importantly, is it one that's actually helping you grow, helping you, uh, you know, move through ultimately to the path that you want to get to and move towards those goals that you have in mind? Or is it one you just happen to have a seat at? And I think this is one that sometimes we can, especially I, I think generationally, we can sometimes assume that having a good job and being able to put food on the table. Well, yes, those things are very important, but at what cost are you incurring that? And what are you enduring to have that seat? 
because at a certain point, it may not actually be worthwhile. So doing that, the math, if you will, on do I not only have a seat, but do I have a seat at the right table? And if you don't, then it's ultimately time for you to get up from that table and, and go find the right, go find a table that you want to have a seat at that is actually fulfilling you as a person, a full person. The, the fourth one, uh, this came up with uh, my conversation um, with uh, Benny Fowler in episode 32. And he really is, is an accomplished individual. And he's someone that's done so many things in his life, whether you think about being a Rose Bowl champion, Super Bowl champion, catching Peyton Manning's last touchdown um, in the Super Bowl. And what was really interesting about his perspective is he asked himself, is your vision big enough? And I think we can sometimes put guardrails up that don't allow us to live in our full capacity, don't allow us to live up to our full potential. And so as we're planning things out, as we're thinking about what it is we're chasing, actually taking a step back and asking, is what we're aspiring towards, is that big enough? Is the vision we have for what we ultimately want to do, is that big enough? And it's something that sounds, again, it sounds obvious or it may sound silly depending on how you think about it, but realizing that we can sometimes shortcut ourselves or we can sometimes not fully tap into all of our potential if we don't allow our vision to be as big as it could be. Uh, and so I thought that was just a really good perspective that that he shared uh, in, in, in that discussion. And then lastly, uh, and this came up with my conversation with Alice Pope in episode 42, And one of the things she talked about as she has been able to be a successful executive at multiple large global organizations is she has gotten to the point where she can get the win on her terms. And I think it's a transition that a lot of us have to go through. It's something that we all have to learn as we're moving through our career of it's not enough just to get the win. It's not enough just to be successful, but you ultimately, you want to be successful on your terms. And you want to do it in a way that you can be in integrity with yourself. Because if you're not, again, there's a there's a cost associated with that. And that cost early on, it may not, it may not be one that that is uh impacting us. It may not be one that feels significant, but over time that adds up. And if you are finding yourself that the only way you can win is at a significant cost to yourself, you're that that's not sustainable. And and also it, it puts you in a position where you're having to choose that win over your own peace, over your own integrity, uh, over your own values, your own goals. And I think the way that she talked about how she's been able to not only be successful, but to be successful on her terms is really what we should all be aspiring to. So that's my fifth. Those are my kind of five aha takeaway moments throughout the season. As I said, there were 135 from the episodes that I had to pick from. uh, And I probably could do, you know, go on and on and on about the uh, other 130 that were shared. But to me, those five really stood out in the the conversations that I had and, and, and the things that I think about almost on a, on a daily basis after talking with those amazing folks. So as we look forward to next season, Uh, season number five of What's Your Story podcast, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about 
some predictions and things that I've been thinking about, things that seeds that have been planted in my head based on the conversations I have on the podcast that I think if we all take note of, we can actually hopefully prepare ourselves for the future and, and be be in position to take advantage of some of these things as they're going to happen and, and, and matriculate over, you know, whether it's the next 12 months, the next two years or, or, or so on. So my five are starting with number one, I think, or I believe I should say, being able to tell your story is no longer going to be a nice to have. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm biased because I sit on this podcast and listen to people tell me their story. And I just think it's an amazing way to connect. I think there's so much science behind it. I think everyone's talking about personal branding, it, it seems, of late. But I just believe that it, you're not going to be allowed to not have the ability to tell your story and be successful. It's going to be it's going to be a requirement. And I think those that have spent time crafting, modifying, working through, building, module putting in different modules and and whatnot and and really coming up with that narrative to be able to share with others, they're going to set themselves apart. And the people that we will talk about as being the leaders we we look up to, the leaders we're inspired by, it will be those that are able to tell their story in a compelling, in a natural, in an organic way. And so anyone that wants to be in, in that group, I, I just think that spending the time and energy, really crafting your narrative and your story is time that's going to be well spent. The, the second one, and I think this is something that we see in a lot of our leaders, but I think society overall, we're going to see a redefining of what success is. And some of this is going to be driven by younger folks, whether you, you know, Gen Z, trailing millennials, as they're thinking about what truly is success for them. I think the stories that we read, the headlines we're going to see in, in 2024 are just going to start to look different. And when we say someone is successful and they've been able to reach success, the stories are going to be different and it's not going to be collecting accolades and the things we've traditionally, you know, looked at being a billionaire, um, you know, founding the company that is a unicorn and all those type of things. I think it's going to be much more centered around impact and centered around connection and human, uh, human stories. And, and I, I just think that we're going to see that as success. And we're going to see those that are impacting the lives of their fellow human and that are investing in humanity are going to be the ones that we hold up and we uh, really define as being success. And, and we're going to see more of that. The, the third is related to this, but it's more specific to the work environment. I believe you're going to start to see words like boss and manager go away from our regular vocabulary, and you're going to see them decrease in usage. And in place, you're going to see leader. You're going to see coach. You're going to see guide. You're going to see advisor. You're going to see consultant because upcoming talent and, and even existing talent for, for, for what it matters is not looking to be bossed. They're, they're not looking to be managed. And I feel like those words are going to generate such a negative reaction that we're actually going to stop using them. And we're going to refer to other language that is more descriptive of what people are looking for. 
People are looking to be guided. They're looking for advice. They're looking for someone to coach them through scenarios. And ultimately, we're looking for leaders. And, and, and the great thing about that is it can come from anywhere. It can come from any part of the organization. It can come from any part of the world. And I think that's just going to be a shift that we see more and more. So if you are spending your time improving your skills as a leader, as a coach, as a guide, as an advisor, that's going to be a good thing. If you are so focused on being a boss or you're so focused on managing someone, I think you might want to reconsider that and, and really think about where you're, where you're spending your time. The fourth is, I believe all generations are going to begin to adopt a portfolio career approach. And this is going to look different for everyone, whether you're just starting out your career or you're towards the uh, last few chapters of your career. But I believe that many people are going to start to take on multiple roles at the same time. And you're also going to have people that are transitioning from one expertise into another on a more frequent basis. You're not going to see someone spend 40 years in one particular industry or one particular expertise, one particular capacity. I think people are going to start to bolt on opportunities to really have multiple offerings. And some of this is going to be driven out of economics. It's just going to the way things are going, people are just not going to be able to put all their eggs in one basket. They're going to need to have multiple different ways of generating income. And then I think the other piece is it's just purely out of where people are getting their satisfaction. They're going to want to do various things and multiple things. And as we have people that are getting older in the workforce, they're going to need to have that next chapter or that thing they go on. You're not going to see retirement as kind of like this, this finish line and, and, and you go off into you know, the sunset into your, your cruises and, and, you know, moving to Florida, I think you're going to see people take on a new challenge and take on a new way to contribute to the workforce. And because of work changing so dramatically, I think organizations are going to have to adopt this portfolio approach as well and be comfortable with it, knowing that you're not getting necessarily the full span of the person. Now you may get their full intention while they're with you, but you're not going to get the 60, 80 hours of the person because they're going to be doing multiple things. And then we're also going to have to think about how do we actually benefit from them doing multiple things? What are the advantages to us as team members to learn from the other things they're doing? How do we think about someone that's gone into that next chapter, learning from the previous chapters, but being able to do something in, in a new way? And so I think that's something we're going to see more and more. And it's not just a younger generation thing. It's not just a creator thing. I think you're going to see it across all generations are going to start adopting that to, to some degree. And then my last prediction is I believe as part of leaders defining goals or objectives or where they're taking their organizations, you're going to see boundaries become a key component of that. And what I mean by that is similar to what Alice shared this idea of winning on your terms is going to be very critical to success and it's going to be very critical to goals and being able to set up that we're going to win, but these are the boundaries with which we are going to win, I think is going to be very critical and calling it out ahead of time versus calling it out when you hit that line or calling out when you go above that, that uh, limit. And I think that it's going to be something that really becomes integral to showing that we can win, but we're not willing to win if it means this. 
And it's going to require leaders to do that because they're the ones that are setting the culture for the team. They're the ones that are setting the expectations for what the folks on their team are really going to be comfortable with. And so I think you're going to hear more about boundaries and, and talking about what are we comfortable with and, and what are we uncomfortable with as a part of goal setting. And it's going to be something that is going to really allow the best leaders to acquire the best talent because they're thinking about that and they're calling that out and they're using that as a way to really share what it is that that organization, that team, that leader stands for and what they believe in, because really what it is a symbol of is a symbol of their values. And it's showing that they actually value the individual contributions and they value them so much that they're willing to create these boundaries and it's not going to be winning at any cost. So I think that's something that'll be a part of what sets great leaders apart. It'll be a part of what sets great teams apart. And it also be a part of what attracts talent going into the future. So that's my five predictions. That's my five takeaways. I'm going to take a few weeks off and get back in the lab and get ready for season five. Uh, we kind of set a high bar in, in season four. So uh, I only expect, you know, even more great lessons learned, even more great takeaways, even more great conversations, great stories to come. But it's 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 been fun. This is this has been a been a great year. It's been a great season of the podcast, and hopefully you've enjoyed it. So have a have a great holiday season. Have a great end of the year. Great start to the new year, and we'll we'll see you in January. Until next time, I encourage you as always to continue to share your story. It's so important not only for you but for others to hear your story. And if you have any feedback or any comments about any of the podcasts. Feel free to reach out to me. You can reach me at all of the social channels at Matt E. Story, or you can go to my website, www.mattestory.com.